The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Freaking first cut. Golly. What's good, everybody? Welcome into the first cut round for recap. We have a champion, and the reason we waited just this long to do it because we couldn't the show without our man KP. And in the chat already, DK says, "Oh, Kyle's getting ready to gush over Jordan Spieth." KP, you're not getting ready to do that, are you? Well, he's 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 going to win the Open. He might win the PGA also. He might win the next three majors, to be honest. Brookline sets up pretty well for him. So I don't know if that counts as gushing, but, uh, <clears throat> you know, oh. Oh he misses the cut last Friday and Resurrection Sunday, second straight year. I, I don't know what you guys want from me. Oh, my goodness. The story writes itself. Yeah, I <laughs> no, I had uh, I had HQ. I had to write. I had to write like 3,000 words on, on Spieth. I mean, we'll get into this, but like – it's kind of shocking that he won, right? It really is. It really is. So, it Greg, really you, is. Greg, you talk, and then we'll we'll get into the the good stuff. Well, let me introduce Greg Descharm because I have a real issue right now. As I'm preparing for the show, stepping in for Rick, as I do it from time to time. Greg, I'm looking at your email as I was sending notes out, right? And your email is Greg at michaelbreed.com. What yes. the world is wrong with you? You're a big enough star to have your own dot com. Well, okay. look, that, these are things that are in the worth in in the works, but okay. um, but that's my company. I, I'm a company man, and uh, okay. Michael Breed Enterprises, if you will, are doing are doing great. I'm happy to be a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I told you. It was thank you for the compliment. Thank you for the compliment. You're very welcome. You're very, I want to get Michael Breed's name out there. All right, <laughs> let's get into it because today there was no less than what would you say, guys? eight to 10 players that over the course of three or four hours had a legitimate chance to win this tournament. But KP, I'm going to start with you because Jordan Spieth came into the week plus 3,500, misses the cut last week, said yeah. after the round today that he it bothered him. It's his favorite tournament of the year. He didn't play the weekend. That means so much to these guys. But clearly, four rounds in the 60s without a putter, how shocked were you that he dodged all of the bullets and made it to a playoff, and then won in the playoff. I thought it was stunning for a couple of reasons. One, so he starts round two, coach, with he was T32 starting round two. Mm-hmm. He he proceeds to lose over three strokes to the field with his putter the rest of the way. So, so starting on Friday on, I mean, he made nothing on Friday and Saturday. He made like, there was one nine-hole stretch where he made like 14 feet of putts, which is almost impossible to do. And so he loses three strokes over those last 54 holes and somehow and somehow wins. And, it, and it, it, like maybe you expect that outcome in like a colonial or a Byron Nelson 
or something like that where the field is fairly weak. This wasn't a weak field. And if you look at his total strokes gain number, like like overall for the week, it was like 12. That doesn't win a lot of PGA Tour events. And that gets to the second thing that I thought was shocking, which is he gets in the house at 13 and you're like, oh, for sure, we're going to we're going to think about that putt on 18 on Saturday and how that could have got him in a playoff or whatever. And then as soon as he finishes, they cut to like everybody else that's finishing up and they're in the woods. They're in the, they're in the sand, they're in the waste area. They're making doubles. They're chipping balls into the water. Like it it wasn't one or two guys. It was like eight of them. They just completely fall apart. And so I think for those two reasons, both of, I mean, you don't see a lot of guys win losing. What is that? Two and a half strokes to the field on the week and over three over the last three rounds. That's hard to win a golf tournament like that. And he did it, and a lot of it was because guys fell apart behind him on Sunday. Greg, 60th in the field, minus two and a half to Kyle's point putting. His 13th career PGA Tour victory. At one point, Jim Nance said, is he really going to dodge all of these guys? And he actually said that. It was unbelievable how many mistakes the six groups behind, six, six behind him made to just allow him to get into the playoff. I'll ask you the same question. How shocking is this victory for Jordan Spieth? It, it is shocking. And I'll go back to Saturday night, too. If you're watching on Saturday, Harold Varner III reaches 11 under par. And I was kind of in the same exact boat. I didn't expect I didn't expect Harold Varner to be the solo leader at the end of round three. There's something about this second nine that's a little... A little, it can be a little tricky and, and it's hard to go on a little run uh, late, which you wouldn't expect. I mean, this is a golf course that's under 7,200 yards at a par 71. It, it's a it's a very gettable golf course. There's a lot of wedge opportunities. There's a lot of birdie opportunities, but I mean, 1,300 pars, a playoff. Um, so playoff. A, a playoff? <laughs> so you it, it was it was very surprising to me. And when Jordan made. Uh, par at 16 and par at 17. I thought he, he was done. And I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking to myself, uh, well, he, I mean, even a birdie on 18 just isn't enough. And we're watching a guy play great again, at least he to green. And, and he's going to come up short because the guys behind him are just too good. I mean, you're talking about Patrick Cantlay. You're talking about Shane Lowry. These guys are, um, are, are, Really, really good players. Harold Varner the third, and and I'm not selling anybody else short, but it's a it's a serious class. To Kyle's point, this isn't a weak field, and you would expect you would have expected one of them to catch and and ultimately pass Jordan. Greg, give, oh, go ahead, Kyle. Real quick, normally on Easter Sunday, you have to roll the rock to have a successful Easter, oh right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And he, normally. And he didn't. And it just still worked out, which is incredible. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. He made uh, 50. I mean, he, he almost made 60 more feet of putts on Sunday, rolling the rock, than he did on Saturday. <laughs> he, made, he, he made 29 feet of putts on Saturday. 29 it, it, That's... That's like if that is impossible. Like it's really difficult to do. He shot sixty-eight, but now those numbers go down on these small greens. But twenty-nine feet. Yeah, I I mean, here's the here's the thing, though, Coach. I think that 
if you look at his numbers, I mean, the Masters was the Masters was disappointing, and I think that there's no other. I mean, there's no other way to look at that. He was the all-time scoring leader at the Masters, and he misses the cut. That's 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 a disappointment. But if you look at the Texas Open, if you look at this event, he's he's hitting the ball. I think better than some of his outcome or some of like his numbers and and outcomes have indicated. And he's just been so bad with the putter. And I think sometimes people like they think that he's been a better putter over the course of his career than he's actually been because he had that magical 2015. And, uh, you know, they see these long putts at the open and like all these different things. He's actually a he's an okay putter. He's not elite, but he's been so bad putting this year that it just felt like everything was so far away. So I think a win even though he's been hitting it pretty well, still feels shocking just because of how bad the short game has been. I think you guys are both spot on. And what this will do for his confidence moving forward, uh, nothing short of remarkable. We'll get back to Spieth as we wrap this up. But I want to hit on some other players, guys, that tonight when they lay down and they start to think about their rounds and they start to think about their weeks, they're going to say what could have been. And I think the guy at the top, Coming off that incredible week at the Masters, we got to talk about Shane Lowry, right? Yeah. Because he doubles 14. He hits off the, the green on the par three, then hits it into the water. Double bogey. He was in the lead at 14 under at that point. Drops him back to 12, and he could never get back there. Missed a, a short putt on 17 to get to 13. So when you look at the seven guys, Shane Lowry's at the top for me. Cam Davis, JT Poston, Cameron Young, Sepp Straka, Holla. And Matt Kuchar and HV3, a seven-way tie for third, which takes the money way down, takes the points for our one-and-done way down because all you guys had Shane Lowry. But when you look at these seven guys, uh, Greg, which one do you think should have won this golf tournament? Oh, it, Shane Lowry. It, it's e, it's an easy one, honestly. Um, fourteen will get a lot of the it, it'll get a lot of the hype, but he he hit the ball very poorly today. Um, I mean, the guy was nine of 10 scram. He had eight greens of regulation. He's nine of 10 scrambling. So uh, the one that he didn't get up and down, obviously chipped it into the water on 14. Uh, and, and that is a sign of a guy that it wasn't really feeling. It wasn't really hitting the ball well, but you still look at these opportunities that he had through the round. He played the par fives and one under par, all three of them. So you let one get away early, uh, one, two, and three. A lot of guys were making birdies early on in that stretch, and he didn't. He did four, five, and six is a great little run there as well. And turning in 33 is good. Uh, but by the time he makes the turn at eleven uh, after 11, and he's 14 under par, that should be his tournament. And, and you have the birdie opportunity at 15. He hits a terrible tee shot. Uh, and, and isn't able to make birdie there. Uh, 16 is a birdie opportunity, not able to capitalize there. Uh, 17 is a wedge for most of these guys, and he misses an eight-footer. Uh, that's disappointing. So I, I think Shane Lowry is is the clear-cut favorite of the guy that should have won the tournament. I mean, the cam, the Cams, Cam Young and Cam Davis, they, they played great. Uh, for the most part. And I, I think they were too far back to really, they, they probably feel like they finished higher than they should have in a way. Um, but you could argue Patrick Cantlay's in this list too, although he finished at 13 under, but Shane Lowry should have won this tournament. I, I, I will argue Patrick Cantlay because I thought Lowry got away with a lot early 
uh, and especially in the middle of his round. I mean, he was saving, he was in the pine straw, he was in the waste. I mean, he was all over the planet and he gained uh, two or three strokes putting. Like he, he, he saved himself so many times early on. And I think what, what you're getting at, Greg, and this is what I was feeling during the event is it felt like he was kind of like putting together a round or saving a round that could have gotten away. And we see guys do that and then kind of close it out later. And he just kept, I mean, he just kept hitting it horribly. And so in that sense, it felt like it kind of just caught up to him before he, before he ended his round. Right. And Cantlay was the flip side, hit it. Great. Didn't make anything. I mean, uh, he was playing who, who they weren't playing together. Who was Cantley with? He was with uh, uh, Cantley was with uh, Van Royen. That's right. Van Royen, and yeah. it, Van Royen was all over the place. And Cantley is just peppering greens and not making anything. And so that to me, you know, was kind of why Cantley felt like kind of look like if I look back on it, it's like, oh, yeah, Cantley had the most kind of good opportunities to to go out and, and take this tournament from Spieth, including in the playoff, obviously, when. And he eighteen to regulation. Kind of, yeah, and he got kind of a bad break with that that plugged eye in the bunker. So I, I thought it was Cantlay, although Lowry Lowry will be frustrated just by that double. Um it you know, it, it was not it was a hard shot, but you just can't you can't go in the water there. You can't go in the water there, period. End of story. But he's the one guy. And I'm I'm kind of glad, even though people are going to get 330,000 points, I'm kind of glad that a lot of you used him this week because I think he's getting hotter and hotter. And that victory is coming. I just got to figure out when I'm going to use him. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, before we look forward to, quickly to the Zurich, we got to take a quick break. But I want to I want to throw these names out at you. And who's going to be the first one you think to finally win? People think Harold Varner III is one on the PGA Tour. He has not. Mm-mm. He has not uh so hv3 cameron young cam davis those three are part of that seven-way tie who do you think quickly is going to be the guy to get the first victory out of those three because the rest of them already have won on the pga tour um i would say well cam davis won the rocket mortgage oh i forgot Um, about all right so it's only two my my i forgot about um, that easy to do that I guess. Uh, and I, again, I think there are some good golf courses for him. His game suits a lot of the PGA tour. And I think the same is true of Cam Young. I really yeah. like, I mean, w- when you can hit the ball as far as he does, it's an advantage. And and you showed this week now when, when he can go to a golf course like this and contend where it, it shouldn't be a great fit for him. I, I wouldn't have said this is a Cam day, uh, Cam Young kind of golf course. The cams have Agreed. me all twisted. Um, this shouldn't be a Cam Young kind of golf course and it is, and it speaks to his talent. So I I would lean his way. I I think the most golf courses fit a a Cam Young. They probably fit him more than Harold Varner, the third Kyle. I played with Cam Young in a golf for cops event in December of 2020. And I remember walking away and I asked him, I said, Hey, by the way, what'd you shoot today? 68, 69. He said 64. And I played with (laughs) him. That's how low-key and savage this guy's game truly is. He doesn't have social media. He's very, very shy. He's never going to be a big star, but his game can be star-like. Do you like Cam Young or HV3? Uh, gosh, that's tough. I think that HV3 feels like he – I don't know. Like I, He's been knocking on the door for so long, right, and – I just don't know. 
where, like, where's he going to win? Like, like, is he somebody like a Zach Blair, Greg, where you can only, or like a Robert Streb, where it's like, you got to win at these seven courses or you're not going to get a victory. Is that, I mean, is that what we think about him? I I don't think it's that extreme, but the, the problem with me isn't it. It's how much scar tissue there is. Like I was looking, this is a, a long shot to be related here. But um, I was looking at career Grand Slam winners and every single winner of the career Grand Slam has done it in three or fewer when they when they have had the first three legs. Mm-hmm. It took them three or less tries to win the to finish it off. And the longer it goes, it seems like the pressure builds and builds and builds. And I wonder for HV3 if there's a if there's a building pressure and it's not that he doesn't handle it well, but the questions just keep coming. They just keep coming and everybody just keeps that. I mean, he said it on the broadcast on Saturday. And so I, I just worry that there's a, this history that's, that's building. There's this scar tissue that's building that may hold him back. Um, but I, I think there's a lot, I think there are more golf courses on tour than a, than a Robert Streb or somebody like that. I think he's in a higher class than that, but the challenge is more, probably more mental than physical. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say, I'll say Cam Young. Uh, I agree with Greg that just off the tee, he's, I mean, he does the thing that you need to do best on the PGA tour to put yourself in position to win, which is he's awesome off the tee. Now I think he's less maybe consistent than Varner. If you just drop a ball in the fairway. Uh, but I think that that consistency will start to improve. I mean, he's only 24. He looks older than that. Cause you know, he's got the, I don't know. He just, he looks like he's like 30, but he's only 24. So I think Cam Young's ceiling is, is higher than where Varner is at. And I think when you're looking at just winning on the PGA tour, you're looking at who has the highest ceiling. Yeah. Well, he's got the beard. That's what makes him look. <laughs> I think, I think the issue I have with HV three, cause I love him. He's one of my favorite players and he's a lot of people's favorite players, but at some point, did you guys notice today, whether he was walking off 16 or 17, he's laughing. Like yeah. he's laughing, talking. And sometimes I feel like you have to have a killer instinct when you're in the mix and you have a chance to win. How about we get like you, you don't see a lot of guys when they're one back with two to play laughing and joking and doing all that. I want personality too. But at some point when you haven't won, give me a laser focus. Give me some determination. And he has it underneath the surface. But I want to see it when it matters. And I think that's the issue I have with HV3. And I just like a lot of people want to see him win. All right, we're going to have one final take from Kyle Porter on Jordan Spieth, and we're going to quickly look forward to the Zurich Classic. But first, we need to take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, everyone. This is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. men's national team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time. 
just like me, and also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Fiore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger, and don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. And we are back. I did that just like Rick did it. Just like Rick did it. Just like Rick did it. All right, before we get a final Jordan Speed take and we get out of here so we can all get home on this Easter Sunday, we now have one of the more unique events coming up next week. I'll be calling it for PGA Tour Live, the Zurich Classic. It's a team event, and Greg, I'm going to start with you. Ryan Palmer, for some reason, continues to get number one players in the world. And I don't know how he's doing it. Uh, He had John Robb before this year. He's going to be teaming up with Scotty Scheffler. By the way, two straight weeks Texas Longhorns have won on the PGA Tour. Will it be three? Your thoughts on do you like or not like this different event on the PGA Tour? I I like it. I I don't think we need more of it. It's fine to have one, um, but it's it's a really cool event, and I think it means a lot to the players. I, I heard Charles Schwartzel talking about this last year, how much that event meant to him. And after that event, he went on a little bit of a run. Uh, he started to play some uh, much better golf. And I just got the sense that it, it these are experiences that really do count. Uh, they really do matter. And it, for that reason, it, it, it makes it cool. Uh, I, I think the ultimate at first, when you watch this event, when you preview it, it feels like, uh, um, you know, it, it doesn't feel like the real thing. It feels like it counts. A win here counts like with an asterisk in a way. And for good reason, but it, it takes a little bit of the um, the edge off of the importance. But I, I think I do think it's a, a good event, and I think it means a lot to the players. KP. Well, I think the story for the so remember how uh, when Tiger was in his prime, it was Tiger versus the field. Yes, right. That was always the question. I think it's I think it's Hovland and and uh, Morikawa versus the field. Oh. Yes. Right. Like I think that, I mean, Scheffler obviously will be a big story coming in, but I think that the, I mean, you go back to the, to the Ryder cup last year, coach and Hovland and Morikawa shot a best ball 59 on Sunday. They're obviously playing against each other in a singles match, but man, I'm excited to see those guys paired up. Cause they're, they're so like, not only obviously they're great players, number two and I think four or five in the world. But they're also just so fun and fun to watch that, you know, th- this event is a little like uh, it, it's I think it's kind of a little contrived at times and like goofy with like the walkout music and everything. But those guys, I think, are genuinely just fun to experience as athletes and as golfers. So I'm I'm fired up about and it, who knows? I mean, they might miss the cut. They might finish T. 30. I, I don't know how that's going to go down, but to me, that's the overriding storyline entering Zurich classically. This is a true story, and I can't even believe I'm going to admit this, but I actually did this. I asked the PGA Tour 
when they decided they were going to go with walk-up music and introductions, I asked if I could be the opening announcer that would on be the sweet. first tee to do it like like a wrestling like a wrestling match. And they're like, well, I don't know if we're quite there yet, but when we, do <laughs> we don't know if we're quite there yet. You know? eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, quickly, two more things we got to get to. Uh, our one-and-dones for this week, I caught a humongous break because I had Stuart sink. I'm in uh, the second spot, and he made the cut. I'm not going to get no, 10, 10 grand, something like that. But, Kyle, you had HV3, and then everybody else had Shane Lowry. Woo, Greg. Greg, how do you feel about losing $1.1 million because of that? And we don't know if he would have won, but he would have made a lot more than three thirty. dollars Your thoughts? It helps that I'm not the only one who had him. <laughs> right? If I was the only one who had him, I would be devastated. Uh, because we all took a, this big loss, I, I don't feel like I lost a full million in a way. Uh, yeah. But I know I, I know I did in actuality. So yeah, it was really disappointing. It also helps that Jordan Spieth won. That that takes a little bit of the edge off. But um, he should have won this tournament. Like I said, um, yeah. you're watching this on on when he's on 13. When he's on 14, so yeah, he Shane Lowry's due. Shane Lowry's going to win. And it started to feel like, like maybe he's snake bitten. Um, so we'll see if, if he can come back and turn it around. But hopefully whenever he does win, nobody uh, nobody has him in one done unless it's next year. And I do. I don't want to rub it in, uh, but you would be in third. The fans would be. No, you would be in fourth. The fans would be in third. I would be all the way down by Rick. Kyle, I don't know if this is a compliment or not, but somebody in the chat said, I don't know if I'm correct, but I think Kyle moved out of the basement. <laughs> yeah, great, awesome. I think, I think uh, Rick is the is the real winner here because he goes into Sunday thinking, okay, Varner and Lowry are both in the final pairing. That's going to be problematic for me. And then he gets within what two hundred thousand of both of those totals with Corey Connors. Correct. I mean, that it, it's you know he could could have gotten a lot more with Corey Connors at the masters last week, but it, it would have been for Saturday. both you. 
for both you and Rick, coach, it could have been, I mean, a real problem if either of those guys had gone on to win, um, more so Lowry than Varner, because I would have just gotten up to sixth place instead of seventh. But uh, yeah, it, it's, I was bummed. I was just living and dying with every shot in that final group. And that's what the one and done is so great because we got kind of a game within the game. And for those of you at home that watch the show every single day, we care about the one and done about as much as we care about anything in our lives. This is serious <laughs> business to us. However, we don't love this as much as KP loves Jordan Spieth. So, KP, I think it's only right if we allow you to take us out on what you think this victory today will do for the rest of the season for your favorite golfer of all time? <laughs> it's a great question. I, I think that, man, I, I just, it, does, it doesn't look good, right? When he's doing the weird backswing pre-shot, like it's, it's, I mean, he's always been kind of tough to watch, just visually but it's gotten tougher and i i just i wonder what if if this three-week run is real in terms of the t to green play uh think about how well he hit it in the final round of the texas open you wonder what it could become if he's just putting average i mean he's putted just so bad i mean the numbers are egregious he's losing i think like two strokes per tournament on the greens as an average this, this year or this season. And I think the thing that I think of, everybody's making a big deal coach about, Oh, the masters falls on Easter Sunday next year and all this stuff. Forget all that. That's a long way away. The, the tournament. And I was talking about this with Brendan Porath this, this week, the tournament that I've got circled. It's not the PGA championship where he can go for the grain or where he'll have a shot at the career slam. It's not the U.S. Open at Brookline, even though I think he could play well there. It's the Open Championship at St. Andrews, Mm. right? Because that Mm. we all circle Augusta as like, oh, that's the tournament that Spieth has just owned over the course of his career. And he's been great at Augusta, all-time scoring leader going into this, this year's Masters. But he has thrived at the Open Championship. That's the kind of, I mean, he, it's weird, squirrely, insane golf. That's exactly how he plays. Um, I think putting is not, it gets a little, um, I think the field shrinks a little in terms of how much variance there is at an open championship in terms of putting. And man, I'm just, I'm excited to see him take on the old course because he finished one shot out of a playoff there in 2015, took the slam to the, you know, 60 or 71st hole in the third major, which was crazy. So I just, I, that's the one that I'm really fired up for. And I hope he's kind of clicking firing on all cylinders going into that week. I think that's a great take. And I think part of the reason the greens are always so slow, so it brings a lot of guys back into it. And also, let's remember, just like at the Masters, he could really go in under the radar because Tiger's already committed to it. Tiger's going to play in the Pro-Am before that. So that entire two weeks is going to be about Tiger Woods and not about Jordan Spieth. Good show today, boys. Great week by you. We'll be right back here on Monday, getting you set for the Zurich Classic, our DFS. Then, of course, Tuesday, our first cut mega preview with Rick and all of us, me and Greg and Kyle. We set for all of the bonbons and whatever they eat down in New Orleans, jambalaya. We're here for it. <laughs> and again, I'll be calling it this week on PGA Tour Live, so check me out there. 
but we never stop. The grind never stops. He is Kyle Porter. You can follow him at Kyle Porter CBS, and he is Greg Descharm. You can follow him at Greg at Mike. I won't give out his email. (laughs) GFD. I am the coach. Thanks for hanging with us. We love this so much. We do it, and we do it for you. We'll see you tomorrow right here on The First Cut. See ya. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.